Welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris, the only podcast that promises to fix your life and then probably does not fix your life. We're going to give it a shout, though. I am your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by my producer, audio engineer, best friend of the whole wide world. Mike is in the building. Say hi, Michael. Hey, Michael. Funny, funny guy today. Now, you guys might know me from YouTube. Chris vs. The World is my comedy channel. Laser Lemming is my gaming channel. Upandloaded.com brings them all together like one great, big, happy family. Don't forget that you could subscribe to this show, Chris to Chris, for new episodes every single Friday. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. We are there. Anywhere you want a podcast, we are there. And, of course, we are on Upandloaded.com for new episodes all the time. You could download it. You could stream it. Whatever, you could just look at it if you want, but I prefer if you listen to it. We are trying to get to an 8 billion listenership by the end of, uh, what did we say, five years? Five years from now, we want to have 8 billion people on the planet, and we want every single one of them listening to this podcast. we got a great show for you all today. Today, we are talking about joining a cult, a new Battle Royale game, Apex Legends, support dinosaurs, listener questions, and a whole lot more. But before we get into all that... Folks, Valentine's Day is coming up, and you know what that means. It's time to panic. Back in the year 269 AD, St. Valentine was murdered. Ever since then, men have been murdering their relationships, worrying or not worrying about Valentine's Day. So today, we are going to take some time to remember what St. Valentine's Day is really about. Murder. This should be real popular with the ladies. Hey, Mike, I agree. But before we do all that, we got to move on to a little thing called the tip of the week. This week's tip is take chances, but don't join a cult. Mike, did you check out the the Super Bowl this year? It sucked, right? Kind of. I mean, I know people are saying, well, it was a really defensive game, lots of defense, and I agree. It was a lot of defense, not a lot of offense as far as points are concerned there wasn't a lot of points in this game it was a it was a football game that rang true to the uh, criticisms of american football namely the name american football it's called football but we rarely use our feet in it but not this game the super bowl this year or should i say the big game are we allowed to say super bowl for, for legal reasons, the NFL has a, a tendency to, to sue the shit out of people that use the words super and bowl next to each other. The, the, the company, the, the organization that was a nonprofit until like 2015, suing people for millions of dollars. So uh, maybe, maybe we'll bleep that, or, or am I allowed to say? I, I don't know. I don't know. Ridiculous. Anyway, uh, during this commercial... Or during the ad breaks, there, there was a commercial that you might have noticed. It was for uh, uh, an organization called uh, Scientology. I, I think they've aired commercials during every Super Bowl, actually, for the last few years. Do you, th- do you think that's ever worked? That uh, some miserable guy's just watching the Super Bowl with his family, and he sees the Scientology commercial and says to his family, That's it. That's what we need to get us out of this rut. Scientology. So, you know, he's just pouring all of his money into Scientology just because it's all commercial. It's important to take chances in your life, but 
you probably shouldn't join a cult just because you saw a commercial for it during a football game, right? Here's a, here's a true story for you. So a few years back, there was a group of young adults roaming around my apartment complex in pairs. They were, they were all over the place. And we get a knock at the door. Uh, there's two young men, an Asian guy and a black guy, uh, walk up to my door. It sounds like a, a, a bar joke. But uh, yeah, this Asian guy and black guy come up to my door. And they're dressed really nice. And they ask me if I know the story of Jesus Christ. And I did. And I was willing to talk to these guys because throughout my entire life, and I don't want to jinx it so that this happens to me all the time, but throughout my entire life, you always hear stories and you've probably had your own stories where uh, maybe uh, Mormons come to visit you or, or the Jehovah's Witness. It's never happened with me. I've never gotten those, those knocks, those rings. So I was like, I'm going to talk to these guys. So I said, yes, I know, I know the story of Jesus Christ. And then they, they, they hit me with a curveball. They asked me, well, did you know that Jesus came back to Earth in Korea in the 1960s? And as he was saying it, or, or, or right after he said it, I, I could feel my, my hands slowly closing the door. But they stopped me and said, hey, are, are you willing to come to our church and we could tell you more? And I was blunt with them. I said, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to join your church or your religion. But if you ever want to talk about religion at the benches downstairs or something, I'm down. I'm down to exchange ideas. I could tell you a little bit about what I think of the, the religions and uh, philosophy, that sort of thing. And you could tell me about Korean Jesus. And... At the end of it, though, you know, it was clear that, no, I'm not going to join. I'm not going to join. You want to talk? We could talk. And they seemed to respect that. At least the, the black guy seemed to respect it. The Asian guy was kind of disappointed. Um, but that was that, you know. They, they left. Never heard from him again. And the next day, I'm at work, right? I'm no longer at home. And my wife gets a knock at the door. This time, it's to women. It's almost like they knew who was going to be opening the door each time. So it's two women. And they tell her the other half of this story that these fools were hiding from me. Like they wanted me to go to the church. They wanted to reel me into the church before they sprung this news on me. Okay. And the other part of this story is that there's like two, two gods. You know, there's God the Father. That's uh, Jesus' dad. And the other one that we didn't hear about in the Bible is God the Mother. That's part of their religion. There's God the Father and God the Mother. I don't know if they're husband and wife. I, I don't know how that works because it goes from like a holy trinity to a holy quadrupoly. How, how would you say that? What was a holy... You know what? This is starting to sound like a, like we're, we're teetering on sacrilegious territory. So I don't want to shove my foot all the way down my mouth. But... Uh, Long story short, my wife talks to him too, and she tells me that she's set to go to their church on Thursday or something. And it's not because she really wanted to join their, their religion. She didn't. But she's, she's nicer than I am. So uh, to make a long story longer, uh, she didn't actually go. She texted him, and you know the, they were disappointed. But it is what it is, right? Uh, but this leads me to my point. Take chances... But don't join a cult. And that's not to say that 
this uh, Korean Jesus church is a cult. I don't know. I honestly don't. But I can only join so many religions, right? And I just saw this sweet Scientology commercial on Sunday. So my weekend plans are pretty damn full. So that's it, all right? Uh, we got to move on to a little thing I like to call Video Game Corner. And in this corner, Apex Legends. Years ago, the developers of the Call of Duty games were fired by Activision. Well, I should say the, the founders of the first Call of Duty studio, uh, which is Infinity Ward, which is still owned by Activision to this day. But the founders of Infinity Ward were fired for something. The, they didn't like... The, their CEO didn't like whatever business shenanigans they were supposedly doing, allegedly. So these guys started their own studio, their own second studio called Respawn Entertainment. And they signed a deal with this small indie publisher called Electronic Arts. Now, you might know them for their hard work at fucking up Madden and Star Wars games. So Respawn released a couple of popular games called Titanfall and Titanfall 2. After that, EA offered to buy Respawn. And if you know anything about EA and developer acquisitions, it's never good. It's never good. The EA has a history of buying thriving studios and milking them for a certain purpose. And when they are no longer good to them, they kill the studio. They have a history of doing this time and time again. So they offered to buy Respawn. And because this world is awful, they accepted the deal. So there's a little bit of context here. Titanfall 2, it kind of bombed at the box office. Because the genius minds at EA thought the best time to release this game was the week in between the new Battlefield and Call of Duty games. So Battlefield released like, uh, in, in, I don't know, I don't know the dates, but let's say like early October, and Call of Duty released about two weeks later. And in between there was Titanfall 2. And the kicker here is, is that EA published, or, uh, published Titanfall 2, but they also published Battlefield. So they were eating their own tail. They were making these games compete against themselves. That's the, the brilliance of EA. Okay? So, nobody was happy about that. Nobody who played Titanfall 2 was happy about it because it was a good game. So, after they were bought, Respawn went back to the drawing board and said, you know what we should do? We should make a Titanfall game without the Titans. And the Titans, if you haven't played a Titanfall game, is pretty much this big, giant robotic mech suit you can get into and uh, just destroy stuff, shoot stuff. It, it makes you a beast, almost kaiju-esque, like a Godzilla, but smaller and more metal. Anyway, uh, Apex Legends is their new free-to-play game. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it controls a lot like Titanfall, but it's less fun in that you can't double jump, you can't run on walls. You, there's no hook shot, as far as I could tell. But uh, it still controls pretty fluidly. Sliding is fun. And the one redeeming factor that... Like, the one differentiating factor, I should say, that kind of makes it okay that it's not a, a Titanfall game is that it's a, a Battle Royale game. 
So it's, you know, like a Fortnite of sorts. Except first person, perspective, less cartoony, that sort of thing. So I, I've been playing a little bit of that. And uh, if you ever watch a, uh, a Laser Lemming stream, that's my gaming channel that I mentioned earlier in the show. Ever watch a, me stream on Laser Lemming? I, I'm usually playing Fortnite, and I'm not that good at Fortnite. I'm, I'm pretty good at uh, a lot of video games. Fortnite, I just don't put enough time into, and I just don't care that much. But I, I can already feel that I'm better at this game. So I'll probably do it, be doing another stream sometime in the near future. And when I do do, do these streams, when I do do these streams, I, I talk about video games. I talk about movies. I talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. So be sure to, to subscribe to us, uh, to Laser Lemming on YouTube for occasional videos. We'll be doing more videos uh, as soon as humanly possible. But while life is just a, a complete mess, they'll be as sporadic as possible. We gotta move on though. On February 14th, 269 AD, Valentine of Tyranny was murdered by some really bad dudes. They didn't like that he was helping soldiers get married or something. At least that's what Wikipedia lists in its embellishments section. Mike, what does embellishments mean? Can you look that up? So today we celebrate the death of this man or, or men. There might have been multiple Valentines. It's, it's confusing. We, we celebrate his death by sacrificing millions of dollars to flower and candy companies every single year on February 14th. Uh, you ever wonder why you almost get no comments from women on this show? Shut up, Mike. You're being really sexist right now. <sighs> There's nothing women love hearing more than a good Valentine's Day murder story. You ever hear of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? It has nothing to do with this, but we'll be talking about it shortly. In the meantime, though, we've got to move on to a little thing I like to call... The news. KFC is testing a new chicken sandwich in southern states. Not to be outdone by Taco Bell, even though I think they're owned by the same company. Not to be outdone by Taco Bell, KFC is bringing out their own fast food stuffed with junk food, you know, the kind of stuff you get at a, a gas station. The KFC Cheetos Sandwich features an extra crispy chicken filet, a layer of crunchy Cheetos, and a special Cheetos sauce. That's how they described this sandwich. So for only $4.79, residents of the Bible Belt can tell us exactly what it tastes like the moment you lose all self-respect. According to UPI.com, the reactions online have been kind of mixed. Some people gave KFC shit for creating such an unhealthy sandwich, while others were pissed that it was only available until March 24th. A couple years back, I forgot to bring a lunch to work, so I drove to the old Burger King, which is now a Starbucks, but you don't care. So I drove to the old Burger King, right? And uh, this was around the time that they were selling mac and cheetos and if you guys don't remember this it was uh, pretty much macaroni and cheese stuffed inside these uh large cheeto shells and then they fry it or something and that was the first day 
I ever felt shame for eating something. It was not worth it. It did not taste good. And after I ate it, I drove to a Catholic church to repent. I'm not Catholic, by the way. So that just shows you how, how bad I was feeling about this. And apparently it, it was a pretty bad sin because the, the priest there refused to accept my repentance. He would not give me a number, like a quote on how many Hail Marys I need to do, nothing like that. He just said, son, I will pray for you, but I will not forgive you. So take that for what you will. KFC is on the road to bringing this country to hell with it. In other news, uh, a 65-year-old man in York Haven, Pennsylvania, is making headlines because of his unusual support animal. You guys know what support animals are, I'm sure, but for those that need a, a catch-up, support animal is pretty much just like a, like a dog or a cat that you, you take with you. It helps relieve anxiety, stress, helps some people with depression, that sort of thing. So this guy, Joey Henney, has a support alligator that he rescued from Orlando. I'm assuming Orlando, Florida, because that's where alligators are born. When uh, this alligator was 14 months old. The alligator is named Wally, and he adopted Wally while he was feeling depressed after a bunch of his friends died. You know, when you become 65 years old, your friends start to die. And if your friends aren't dying, that means you're dying. So dude's getting kind of depressed, right? Nobody wants to see all the people you love die. So he, he adopted Wally. And Wally is a certified emotional support animal with an I, picture ID and everything. And I think that means that this guy can legally take a literal dinosaur on flights with him. So congrats to that. I used to think that uh, Jurassic World, that movie, was, was kind of unrealistic. It's not because Ron Howard's daughter was able to outrun a T-Rex in high heels. It's because Chris Pratt taught a raptor to obey him. You know, a big dumb lizard. How are you going to teach or coach a lizard? It's not, it's not a dog. Granted, I know nothing about raptor science, but I think few people do. But I also know that raptors existed a long time ago. And it's very hard to train a lizard today right? So I imagine training a lizard from millions of years ago might be extremely difficult. But I was wrong. Turns out I was wrong. Because there's this news report on this guy, Joey, and he's taking his alligator Wally with him all over the place. And it's a friendly looking alligator. It's about five feet long. It's not like a giant alligator, but it's about five feet long. And he says, Wally helped him. And he wants Wally to be able to help others now. So he's helping other depressed people and, and kids with uh, disabilities like autism or Asperger's or whatever. And it's true. Like You can see other people just loving this alligator. People are cradling it like it's a damn puppy. So I want to say uh, congrats to Wally and Joey on their beautiful life together. They, they live at uh, Joey's home. Although Joey acknowledges that this is still a dangerous animal. He he does not uh, think that uh, you should you should own one. It's kind of like don't do this at home kind of thing. But I'm gonna do it, so of course I want to do it. I'm, I think we're gonna get a support alligator. Anyway, we gotta move on to uh, 
something else. On February 14th, 1929, seven members and associates of Chicago's North Side Gang were murdered by four unknown dudes. According to uh, Wikipedia, this uh, assault was led by a young buck named Al Capone during the Prohibition period of America. So when you ban liquor, people die. That's what you call correlation. Supposedly, uh, Mr. Capone got these uh, cops to shoot up these dudes who were pissed because these guys killed one of their boys in blue. So that so they lit him up with Tommy guns, like the the guy from the Home Alone movie. You know, keep the change, you filthy animal. It's probably what they said right before they they lit him up. And this is how gangster movies were born. And it's also why we buy chocolate in February. And I think that that wraps up our Valentine's Day history. And I hope you guys enjoyed learning a little bit. Very little. Very, very little. We gotta move on, though, to uh, listener questions. We're on, a, we're on a good clip today. Good good pace. Got some good questions. Although, I want, I want to give a bit of a pretense here. I got three questions to, to read out today. But I know there was about four or five. In fact, Facebook shows me on our, on our Facebook page, at Up and Loaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. But you can follow us there, and you should. Because I'm going to bitch about Facebook a lot. But it even shows me. It says there's five comments. We're showing the most relevant. Click here. You can see all the comments. I click there. I see all the comments. It shows me nothing else. It just shows me three. Three questions. Facebook is the worst. The literal worst. So we're missing some questions. By the way, yes, you can ask us questions on Facebook. I highly encourage it. In fact, every single week, we uh, we make sure to put out the feelers. Say, hey, you got a question? You should ask us. But you can also ask us questions on our Twitter, at Up and Loaded, our Instagram, at Up and Loaded, or at our website, upandloaded.com. That's where we post these episodes as well. So there's a comment section on every episode. You can ask a question there. We get alerts when we get a question. It's great. It's a wonderful thing. But now that I've uh, thoroughly complained, let's move on to these questions. Devin asks... What did that giant green orb on the original Xbox controller do? You guys know the, the original Xbox controller. It was codenamed the Duke. Big, clunky controller. And a huge amount of space was dedicated to a paper green Xbox logo right in the middle of it. Because when you, when you design a controller, the most important thing you want to have is space for your giant logo. And what that means is that you're going to have to push all the buttons to the side and kind of squish them close together because buttons are probably one of the last things you think about when creating a a video game controller. You don't want to spend too much time focusing on things like ergonomics or button placement. So what did that uh, Xbox uh, orb do? When you, when you push on it, it does nothing. But what it did was remind you that you were playing an Xbox. So I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm playing a video game system, I forget what system I'm playing. 
so I have to look down at my controller. And on your on your standard PlayStation controller, there is a, a little PlayStation logo on the, the home button, but it's small, right? And you have to kind of find it. Uh, the same thing with the uh, the Switch. It's it's a small little logo. And in past systems as well, like on a Super Nintendo controller, it just said Super Nintendo in small italicized font. It, it, was, it was confusing, right? The Xbox controller, the original Xbox controller, eliminated that problem. It created a whole new problem with terrible button placement, but it eliminated the problem of not knowing what system you were playing, and I think that's what Microsoft was going for. Uh, eventually, of course, they, they completely got rid of that controller. They brought it back for, for people that kind of hate themselves. Uh, I think last year they, they brought back a, an updated version of the Duke, which is like, I think it was a wireless version of the controller, but, you know, people that just have like a, maybe like a, a sadomasochistic kink, they brought that controller back for them. But for the most part, everybody's moved on. Microsoft is now making much better controllers. Uh, Ken asked some good questions. He said, uh, why do we call them goldfish when they are actually orange? That is, that is a good question, and I have a good answer for you. So the reason goldfish are called goldfish, and we do know, you guys have seen goldfish, they're, they're, they're orange, straight up. There's no, there's no question about it. They are orange. But the reason they were originally given the name goldfish was a scheme. It was a scheme. Because as you guys, I, I'm sure know, gold is a valuable commodity. For a long time, our money in, in the United States of America was tied to gold. And we have things like cash for gold these days. So goldfish were there to essentially produce wealth. It, it was done by big goldfish. You know, you've heard of big pharma, big tobacco. There was big goldfish. And big goldfish weren't making any money on orange fish, right? So they said, you know what? You know what's big right now? The gold rush. This started in the gold rush age, by the way, 1800s. So gold is big. Maybe we can tell people that they are buying gold fish, and we can sell them with this promise that they can create more gold. So they, they, would, sell, uh, they would sell goldfish for breeding. You could essentially create wealth. And that is where the name goldfish came from. And of course, we all know about goldfish crackers, which are also orange. That's just the, the history of where they, be, where they came from. In fact, I think uh, goldfish crackers were started by the same people at Big Goldfish. Ken also asks, why can't I stop watching The Bachelor on ABC? Uh, I think I know why. It's hard for me to speak for you, but I think I know why. You can't stop watching The Bachelor because you gotta know who's going to be getting divorced within the next year or two, assuming they get married. I, I looked up some, some stats for The Bachelor because of this question. And it turns out very few of these people actually get married. Very few. Very few. And as of, well, I'm looking at an article from uh, March of last year, 2018. And uh, this is from WGNO.com. They said that out of uh, 21 seasons, 13 men have popped the question on air, which is a solid showing. Last season, Nick Vial popped the question to Vanessa Grimaldi. Months later, they broke up. And then they said, only one couple is still together, and they are married. Season 17 winners, Sean Lowe and Catherine Gudici. 
got married in 2014. They even had a bachelor baby. They're now parents. So one couple out of 21 seasons is still together. So I think the reason you enjoy watching The Bachelor is because, like any red-blooded American, you like watching a good train wreck. And uh, that is what the show is, you know? Everybody's got a, everybody's got a kink. Everybody's got a, a show that, you know, you're not, you're not proud of, but you'll watch it. <laughs> so, uh, Bachelor and Bachelorette, they're, they're very popular. I've never, I've never indulged in The Bachelor's. Uh, I've been a Bachelor. I've never uh, watched the show, though. So, thanks for the questions, guys. If you guys have any questions, anybody has any questions, you can ask us. On our Facebook page, it uploaded. Like I said, oh, I think I already went through the spiel. All, all our social medias. This is a good time for me to promote the social medias. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, uploaded.com. Follow us. Ask us any questions. We will be there for you. I'm going to sum this up with uh, some, some poll results. Last week, we asked, uh, would you eat Kevin Bacon? 33% of our viewers said, yes. Yes, of course I would eat Kevin Bacon. And uh, 66% said, no way, Jose, not happening. I will not eat Kevin Bacon. I said, I'm kosher. So uh, this week's poll asks, uh, what's, uh, what's our poll going to be? Uh, this week's poll asks, what is the best support animal? You can vote on that on our Facebook page. And eventually, we'll, we'll take the poll to, to new places outside of Facebook. But for now, Facebook is the place to be. Don't forget to follow us on all those social medias, like I said, about a, a billion times over. This has been episode 19 of Chris to Chris. You guys have been great. Thanks for listening. Hey, enjoy your weekend, or else. <laughs>